0: I'm It's The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to thank uh, our title sponsor here on The Big Show. That's Big O. Save up to $190 off Michelin Tires with financing fan, Financing options available only at your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix coming up here momentarily. Gordon, a lot going on in the NBA and, of course, We'll ask Chris uh, what he thought about or what he thinks about the Jazz. Uh, we didn't have a chance to talk to Chris last week, so we'll get his thoughts on the latest streak and even uh, the streak coming to an end against the Clippers.
2: Okay, so let me put you on the spot. And if uh, we have Chris, uh, that we could talk about it later. But if I were to ask you for the three biggest stories in the NBA this year, you would say what?
1: I think the Jazz are one of them. Yeah. Uh, and their success. I would say the the Nets the and Nets. that trade. Yep, And then probably LeBron going back-to-back back or trying oh, to with okay. the Lakers. I yeah, probably go there. Good choices. Oh. All right. Uh, Chris is ready. Let's go ahead and get to him. Hit the open there, Austin.
0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: What's going on, Chris? Happy Monday.
3: What's happening, guys?
1: Hey, uh, we're we're doing great. Um, Gordon just blindsided me with a deep question (laughs) uh, mere seconds before we brought you on, so I'm going to do the same to you, all right? Uh, What are the three biggest stories in the NBA thus far?
3: Oh, three biggest stories in the NBA, um, I guess in no particular order you can, in a, in a broader sense, like big picture, probably the way the Knicks are playing right now. I mean, I don't think anybody expected that. Uh, the Jazz sitting at the top of the Western Conference standings, I don't think anybody expected that. Um you know, I, I I don't know what the third necessarily would be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, Lakers are doing Lakers things. Clippers are doing Clippers things. I guess you could say Portland and how they've played in the absence of some of their guys who are down with injuries. But those things jump off. The
1: the third one I went with was the Nets coming together.
3: Oh yeah, I guess that yeah that's yeah yeah the. A new super team being formed, I guess. Even though we really haven't seen it more than a couple of games because of injuries and illnesses and things like that, but yeah, I mean that that's that's right up there.
2: So Chris, the Jazz had, uh, had won uh, twenty of twenty-one games, and then they drop one to the full-strength Clippers. And Mike Conley was still sort of getting his feet wet after being injured. What, what is what – how are we to take one loss in the middle of the NBA season? Does it mean anything at all? Is it just a oh, – well, there it is. There's a loss, but it doesn't really foretell anything. How do you look at it?
0: Well,
3: I think you have to look at it at a game-by-game basis. And I don't think that loss to the Clippers should be you know, overreacted to. Um, I thought the Jazz, you know, watching, I thought they played well. Um, the Clippers were just better on that night, and that's a good team. You're not going to beat them every single time. I mean, they wound up winning two days before, you know, convincingly. So, you know, a split out in L.A. is, is not bad. But I think as you kind of watch this team going forward, you want to watch these key games against top teams. They've, you know, I'm not to say that they wouldn't. You know, wouldn't be doing this if the schedule was tougher, but they have had some, you know, some, some easiness with some of the stretch of the schedule, whether it's, you know, Atlanta, Detroit, I mean, it's like every team does, but, you know, as, as you continue to move forward, you know, when you go to Philadelphia, uh, you know, I know the Lakers are on the schedule at some point in the next uh, couple of days, um, you know, those are the games you want to see them compete against. And, and they've had success, of course. I mean, like I said, being the Clippers in LA, beating the Sixers, um, you know, last week, uh, they've, they've done some good things, but uh, those are the games you kind of target to see as, as more like barometers, litmus tests, whatever you want to call them, um, where you kind of size yourself up against the teams you're you know, likely to face in the second and third round of the playoffs.
1: Gordon Hayward's in town with the Hornets uh, to take on the Jazz tonight. And you're based there in Boston, and uh, we, we brought up the Jazz fans' relationship with Gordon as it is now, but how do Celtics fans feel about Gordon Hayward?
3: Oh, they they feel fine about him. I mean, he got a chance to make a whole boatload of money somewhere else, and you know that was that. I'm sure there's general disappointment that the Hayward signing didn't lead to the type of success, both individual or team-wise, that they expected. But there's a reason for that, and it happened five minutes into his first game with the Celtics. So I I don't think there's any ill will towards Gordon Hayward in Boston. In fact, I mean, it it might just be the opposite. You know, I think Celtics fans would love to have him back at this point i mean he has been excellent for for charlotte uh, all season long and part of that i think is continued you know uh progression away from that injury and i think part of it is just a different role i I don't i don't think gordon wanted to be back in boston for for multiple reasons but one of them was i think the role with that team was not to his liking i mean he would have been behind jason tatum and jalen brown and kemba walker to a degree uh, in the pecking order he would have been more of a facilitator with that team, with this Hornets team, he's back to being kind of the scorer. And, and he's produced, he's above 20 points, shooting 40 plus percent, for three. I mean, he's, he's not an all-star this year. Um, but I think he's, you know, on, he's in the, the discussion, at least as if they had, you know, 20 man, all-star rosters.
2: Circling back on that, Chris, is, is that just because of his role? Is that just because of uh, opportunity or lack thereof? What what's the
3: difference well, I, I do think Roll has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, he's playing with a pass-first point guard and Lamelo Ball, so there's a lot of shots available to him. Um, he's not being asked to be the primary playmaker, which he was at times in Boston. Uh, but I do think part of it is a change of scenery did him well. Um, you know, I, I look. None of us have gone through the type of catastrophic event that Gordon Haywood went through in his first game in Boston, and and that really set the tone and you know, was reflected on the rest of his time there, whether it was coming back from the injury and how players in that Celtics locker room grumbled about him being kind of force-fed minutes or, you know, playing well at the start of his third year and then having the hand injury, you know, set him back. I mean, it was just, it was a bad experience for him. Not not that he disliked the city, and he certainly liked playing for Brad Stevens, but, uh, you know, it just wasn't a great experience for him. So I think in addition to his role evolving, just getting away from that Celtics experience has probably been pretty good for him.
1: This Hornets team has never been a contender. Um, well, really, even going back to the Bobcats. But I was going to say, with Michael Jordan as the owner, what's what's the issue with this franchise? Why haven't they been able to put together better teams?
3: Well, they haven't drafted particularly well um, over the the lifetime lifespan of this, at least this century, anyway. Um, and they, when they had a star in Kemba Walker, they really weren't able to to build. Around him, you know, with the right guys, and some of that's on the front office over the years. Uh, you know, they've been a little bit on the cheap side, you know, in recent years. If we're being honest, and uh, that's cost them a little bit. But I think right now this is the best position Charlotte's been in in decades, really. I mean, they have a a bona fide superstar in the making in Lamelo Ball. Like I really believe that. I mean, he is he's something to watch. Um, he is a he has one of those those pure passing instincts that you you rarely see in players when they come into the league. And, and if you look at the way he's progressed already, I mean, his shooting percentage, his three-point percentage is better than I thought it was going to be. His overall shooting percentage is solid. Um, he's rebounding the ball extremely well, which has ignited that fast break. Uh, and you look at that backcourt. I mean, LaMelo and Terry Rozier, they're really good. I mean, Terry Rozier, you know, people scoffed at that Terry Rozier contract a year and a half ago. The guy's averaging 21 points and shooting 46% from three. and I think he's attempting like eight threes a game. So, like, they, that, they, they have the foundation there to, you know, for the first time in a long time. And if they make the right moves in the next couple of years and beef up that front court, which is their, their clear weakness, uh, you know, they're going to be more than just a playoff team. They, they're probably a piece away from being a team that can, at the very least, win a first-round series. And you know, after that, if you keep developing LaMelo and see where he goes, uh, you can do a lot of things. They
2: both uh, gotten paid, Chris, and uh, maybe they don't care about this question amongst themselves anymore. But if I were to ask you this question, how would you answer it? Who is more important to the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell? How would you answer that? It's tough.
3: Um, it's you know you can make an argument both ways because Donovan, you need him to take over games late and that's oftentimes that's what it comes down to. You know, fourth quarter, closing seconds, closing minutes when guys start trading buckets, if you don't have that guy, you can't win this league. All that being said, you know, we we were having a discussion Howard Beck and I about MVP and I I think Gobert has been like a top 5 MVP guy this year. I mean, he's been he's been unbelievable. Not just, you know, the usual defensive stuff, but I mean, screen setting, uh, you know, creating space for, for his guys to operate with those big screens, rolling off them, just the little things that often don't show up on stat statue. Every time I'm watching Jazz games, like he's doing something that's impactful on the offensive end. And it's not something I'm, I'm used to seeing from Gobert, at least not consistently. Defensively, I've said this, I've tweeted it, like you can give him Defensive Player of the Year award every single year because he's the only guy in the league where... You have to be aware of where he is every single moment of every single offensive possession, and because of his his athleticism or at least a, you know cable athleticism, he can step out of most pick and rolls and defend perimeter shooters, and he's helped the jazz shoot uh defend guys or shoot the three uh, defend the three point line really well i i like it, it's it's a coin flip and and they both do different things for that team, which is great for the jazz. but this is might be the year where you give Rudy a bit of the edge because he's doing a little bit of everything out there, and it's it's really powered this Jazz start. On that Jake, I, do you,
2: Jake, do you agree with that? Because I think a lot of people are coming around to what you're saying, Chris.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I In fact, my, my question to Chris was going to be, you know, Rudy has added something to his game seemingly each and every year. I mean, whether it's becoming a better pick-and-roll defender or whether it's making more free throws – um, or yep. this year he's kind of added the the eyes-out pass coming down uh, on the pick-and-roll where he finds people in the corner. If you were giving Rudy advice on something to add to his game next, what would it be?
3: You know, I, I think we're at the point with Rudy where it's like, you know, don't add, just perfect, mm. basically. I mean, there are little things, of course. The, You know, whether it is that that passing from the top of the key and being an even better facilitator or – I don't. I mean, very little things. But right now, what he's doing is is excellent and it's impactful uh, and it's it's changing the game on both ends of the floor. And there's only a handful of guys in this league that can do that. I mean, Giannis is one. LeBron is another. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Luke is a great offensive player, but he's still a work in progress defensively. I mean, everyone's kind of talking about Damian Lillard right now, but the 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 Trailblazers, I think, are like 29th in defense. I mean, you know, every single possession that he's on the floor, offense and defense, Rudy is impacting it. So I'm not sure that I'd – sure, look, you ask Quinn Snyder, I'm sure there are plenty of things he'd, he'd throw out there. But I'm not sure if I was, you know, looking at Rudy, I wouldn't would say like, hey, man, you know, step out and shoot the three more. Like, I don't know if you want him doing that. Like, that, you know, he's one of those guys where what he is doesn't need to have – a three-point shot layered onto it. He's he's just too good with everything he does inside the three-point line to be at all concerned with developing something beyond it.
2: The other night, uh, uh, Chris, uh, Terry Rozier hit uh, – well, they went, he went kind of crazy against the Warriors, and then he hit the game winner at the end to uh, seal the deal Are you a proponent, when a guy gets hot like that, are you a proponent of feeding him the ball again and again and again until it it gets stopped? Or do you think that that's overall a negative because the rest of the guys
3: end up standing around watching? I mean, you guys see it. Like, does when Jordan Clarkson gets rolling, does he pass? Like, I mean, it's just (laughs) like he's – I mean, like, you know, if a guy gets rolling, you you ride the hot hand. I know there's plenty of, you know – TV scientists out there that will deny the hot hand theory. But, you know, the eyeball test says when a guy gets rolling, you let him roll. I mean, the team they were playing, Golden State, they do that. Like whenever Steph gets rolling, he's allowed to shoot from, you know, 35 feet away. Damian Lillard, same thing, 35 feet away. So if a guy gets – has his shot going like that, uh, you know, you, you want to play it out. I mean, look, at Terry's that kind of guy. Terry can be – he's much more consistent this year and even some of last year – but he can be a very streaky player, and you know if he gets one, one of those hot streaks, you want to ride it as as long as possible. I mean, the Chads do have have one of those clear guys in Clarkson where you know if he gets going, don't expect, I was going to say more than one pass, don't expect any passes in the half court because that ball's probably going up.
1: So, Chris, uh, the other day Danny Ainge came out and said that uh, this Celtics team does not have enough talent to be a contender, and then uh, they blow a, a big lead the other day to, uh, what, New Orleans. And uh, I read some blogs today with fans uh, grumpy and, and advocating moving on from Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens. Is that really a thing, or is this just grumpy fans?
3: No, that's, that's just grumpy fans, and that's Boston for you, where, you know, I, I, that's just it's, it's an insane idea. Like, I, I I would have, you know, I, did, I quibble with Danny Ainge on some things, whether it's, you know, not going out and, you know, making the trade that would have brought them Miles Turner in, back in exchange for Gordon Hayward. They didn't like Turner all that much. Uh, I think they've clung to their draft pick a little bit too long over the years and not reaped the rewards of them. Some of the guys they've drafted, you know, are bad. Uh, so, like, that, that's something. But he still – you know the guy that made the Kevin Garnett trade in the early 2000s, made the Nets trade within the last five six years that brought Tatum and Brown into the fold. Like the idea that anything that's happening right now, while by the way Marcus Smart is out and a couple other guys are out, uh, is is ludicrous. What and St- Brett Stevens the same thing. I mean the guy is, has steered the Celtics to three conference finals in the last four years. You know we're not we're not talking about basketballs Marty Schottenheimer here. He's had a short period of time to. to to put this team together and and never once, except for maybe that, uh, what was it two years ago when, when they flamed out in the second round, never once has he fallen below team expectations. This this is a team missing something though. It, it absolutely is. They, they lost Hayward and they got nothing back in return. They're playing Peyton Pritchard, a rookie in that place. They're, you know, hoping that somebody from the mix of like Shemi Ojale and, uh, and a handful of others can, can fill that role when they can't like Gordon's a really good player. and, and they replaced him with nothing. So, you know, they counted on the development of Brown and Tatum, and they've gotten that, especially for Brown. Kemba's been hurt for, for much of this time and trying to work his way back. This is, this is a team that badly needs to either make a trade, and they've got that whopper of a trade exception, $20.5 million, the biggest trade exception in league history that they can use, plus their whole cache of first-round picks uh, to, to choose from. So not only do they need to make a trade, they better make a trade, or else this season is not going to end well for them.
2: Chris, I mentioned uh, a minute ago Terry Rozier hitting that game winner for the Hornets against the Warriors. But what I didn't mention was Draymond Green getting himself ejected from that game. I'm curious to know what do you make of Draymond Green, and uh, what I mean, he's an emotional player. He's 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 really contributed in some big ways through the years. But man, you
3: just can't do that. What do you, what do you think of him? No, I mean, look, it was a bad look for Draymond, and I was watching his media availability today, and he kind of owned up to it, which is good. Um, it, you know, it, 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 hap- like it happens. Sometimes it happens in the worst possible moments, like we saw in the finals a few years ago when he got suspended for that one game, which you know, allowed Cleveland to get back into it and eventually let them win the series. That said, the, the positives far outweigh the negatives with Draymond, both in the way he plays on the court and how his passion is infectious within his team. I mean, that team really does feed off the energy provided by Draymond Green so when you combine those two things you you, you prefer those moments that he had against Charlotte and the one he had against uh, Cleveland in the finals to be you know fewer and, and further between uh, it, it still doesn't matter what would he even at this stage of his career what he's bringing to the table is just it's it, it just so much more valuable than than what he's taken away from it
1: Thank you Chris as always have a great week you got it, guys there's our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated, and of course, he and another one of our daily assist guests, Gordon, uh, he and Howard, back to a podcast together, and uh, they're both terrific. So, would uh, certainly encourage you to uh, seek that out. How about uh, Chris saying he considers Rudy Gobert a MVP candidate?
2: Yeah, I, I took note of that, and and Chris hasn't always been. I'm not saying that he's been late to the table with his praise of the jazz. Uh, He's, he's, he's been uh, positive about them for quite some time now, but I, I don't think I've ever heard him talk about Rudy Gobert that way. Have you?
1: No, not quite like that. Certainly not putting him in the MVP conversation, but I, I mean, he, he certainly showed a deep appreciation for what, what Rudy does and, and illustrated that quite eloquently. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a, a national uh, pundit who's doing his job. He's watching the jazz. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, if you wonder if Chris Mannix watches jazz basketball, just go back and listen to that breakdown of why Rudy is valuable. I mean, he hit it right on the head. So, you know, I wish maybe some more of these national guys would, would kind of seek that appreciation of our boy Rudy. But uh, I think Chris laid it out pretty well right there.
2: He said something else there that I think was significant. He said, you can give Rudy Gobert the Defensive Player of the Year award every year. Yep. (laughs) Well, he didn't get it last year. Uh, But there is an acknowledgement that uh, of all the things that Rudy Gobert does defensively that don't get noticed by the casual uh, observer. He he changes everything. He changes the game plan against the Jazz. He uh, he. <laughs> we we've talked about it a thousand times. How many shots are not taken because Rudy's there? He can't block a shot that hasn't been attempted right
1: oh so many uh, so many players dribble into the lane and turn right around he i asked him if what what rudy should add to his game and and i was a little bit surprised that chris said really nothing that he just needs to perfect and yeah i i don't necessarily disagree with that although i would i would add that he still needs to figure out how to finish with somebody between he and the basket we see a glimpse of it we talked about it after the first clipper game where he was really making a point to be aggressive but that kind of disappeared a little bit on Friday. So, I mean, I yeah. think that's still an area that needs needs focus. But I thought that was an interesting answer from Chris. He's like, not really anything. Just perfect what he's doing.
2: Well, if we're looking at little hints during the regular season as to what might be important in the postseason, uh, it's Rudy Gobert playing like Rudy Gobert every single night. And and that means taking advantage of uh, matchups that are in his favor which he did not do that night. And I think he's uh, more than willing to admit it.
1: All right. Out to the zone phone. We go joining us now, our good friend from Lone Depot here to help out our listeners. He's our friend, Matt Harrison. What's going on, Matt? Hey guys. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. And let's improve uh, some folks stay out there who might be considering what to do, uh, kind of in their retirement stages of their life.
4: Yeah. So for those of you who have kind of missed most of the show, You've missed a lot of great stuff, by the way. Um, Always pitching you guys. You guys are awesome. Hey, So when you're looking at uh, reverses as an option for for your retirement, um, this is another bucket, right? So if you think about it, your home um, is an asset. And as you've been paying it down, paying it down, paying it down over the years, you've been growing the equity position in this home. But the crazy thing about it is your home asset isn't necessarily liquid, which means you can't just take money out in a traditional sense. Now, you can go and get a home equity line of credit. You can do a cash out refinance. You can sell the property and take money out. But all of those carry, you know, different potential issues. You know, you've got to qualify for those. You're going to have monthly payments. If you sell it, you've got to find a place to live. And so what the reverse mortgage program does is it allows for liquidity, and there's some pieces to it. So at least one of the borrowers has to be at least 62. Um, You've got to have about a 50% equity position in your home. And if you have that, then we can start to really dive in and, and look at the numbers and see what we can do. So one of the great things about the program, number one, if you have a mortgage and we're able to fit it in the program, then you don't have to make your principal interest payments anymore. Those become optional. If you own your home free and clear or you're close to having your home free and clear, then the reverse mortgage can either provide a lump sum payment to you, which you can use immediately, or provide a line of credit, which is going to grow with interest over time, which you can draw on for any time for any reason. Isn't that cool? So this becomes a checking account basically on your house that you can use if you ever need it. Love
1: it. And and it's in info like this that, that people need, and there's stuff out there to, to help uh, folks make an informed decision.
4: There is. So I'm sending out books uh, for free. All I need to know is where to send them. This is going to teach you about the program. If you're not intervening, I've got it on my website in video form. You can look out there. So this is how you contact me. You can reach me at 801-330-2200. Again, 801 330 2200. You can just send me a text, super easy. Or you can visit my website, reverseourhome.com. Reverseourhome.com. And I'm here just to. Give information and educate and see if this uh, program is
3: good for you.
1: So cool, Matt. 801-330-2200. That's Matt Sell. Give him a text, 801-330-2200. Get that free book. Or you can go to reverseourhome.com. That's reverseourhome.com. Matt, you're the man. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll have more big show coming up. Straight ahead, don't forget Coach Chies at 5. The Not Sports Report uh, sometime in the future. Oh, 450. All right, stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Slow Mo
0: Joe. The Joe Ingalls Show with DJ and PK. PK. Donovan constantly talks about how good he is at baseball. And I was like, I would 100% be
5: able to hit one of your, what do you call it, a pitch? One of your pitches, Fastball, yeah. And he's like, no, you wouldn't, no, you wouldn't. I said, well, let's bet. The bet was he had 10 pitches and I had to connect on one of them. I'm not saying I'm going to smack him for a home run and run around the triangle thing with my shirt (laughs) off. (laughs)
6: Pieces, pieces, pieces. Diamond, it's (laughs) not a triangle thing.
0: Run around the sandpit. The other thing with throwing 10 straight is he's going to get tired. He doesn't play baseball for a living. Neither do you. <laughs> but I'm just standing there with a f- Hey, hey, hey.
5: (laughs) One out of ten. That's it, one. I know I can't run and jump and all that, but I can stand there and hit a
6: ball. Have a great bleeping day, Joe. Joe Bleeping Ingles has joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Bleeping Zone. Oh
0: yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, he's Ryan from The Dish Professionals. And, uh, Ryan, you're helping folks out all. All the time you've uh helped us on staff for years in fact you got Scotty G squared away I heard him bragging about that the other day
6: yeah that's uh you know it's always helpful for us to uh, help you guys because then that uh definitely you know reaffirms how good the service is I think that's a, a good way to look at it and you know with uh, you and Gordy and then also uh, Scotty taking care of it we've we can definitely make sure that everybody has the best TV service out there and you know, with the features and promotions that Dish has, it's really just an easy decision. Um, you've got access to all your content wherever you are, including your DVR recordings. There's no problems when the Jazz are playing on a regional sports network and you want to watch it on the app. There's no blackouts where you get with, t- with cable. And then also, you know, I feel bad for all the deal with DirecTV. I mean, you guys miss out on a ton of things because you've got a receiver. And it was made and designed in 2010. I mean, let's be real about it. You've got something that's a decade old. What would you expect? And you might be okay with it. You may just not actually know what you're missing. But uh, truly having access to all your DVR recordings, all your local channels, which you don't have with DirecTV, have a Netflix built in, YouTube, Amazon Video Prime. Um, the video on demand is just awesome with DISH. 60,000 free movies. This is what they're uh, they're currently stating, just in free movies. This doesn't include all the paid-per-views uh, that are available also. And here's the thing. DISH is even kicking in 60 and older or 55 and older. So that's a huge group. If you're first responder, military, a veteran, or you work at a hospital in any fashion, you get a free paid-per-view movie every single month. That's worth uh uh, it's a few hundred dollars just right by itself. A little extra bonus. So if you're part of that group, make the switch. Heck, um, if you're not part of that group, you should make the switch anyways. You'll love the DVR. Easy to operate. You get a voice remote for every room in your house. It comes with a remote locator. Packed so much, so many things. And uh, the promotion, it's just stacked. Two years of credits, free movie channels. The price is guaranteed not to change. And it's cheaper than what you're currently paying. So you save money and you get a better system? Easy. 801-424-DISH. Call us now,
1: 424-DISH. 801-424-DISH. Thanks, Ryan. 801-424-3474. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and
1: 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision giving you 1000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses that's $1000 off LASIK during the month of February start your road to vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today 801-253-3080 that's 801-253-3080 there at uh, at davis vision how you doing over there Gordon
2: I'm doing just fine. All right. Doing just fine. An update on that uh, on that Spencer Jones bathroom brawl. You see that his lawyer says he was trying to be a peacekeeper. I did
1: see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does it matter?
2: <laughs> well, The other guy doesn't think that.
1: No. Didn't matter to the other guy, did it? <laughs> and what, what he's uh, – I mean, it's pretty sad he had to have his whole orbital bone restructured. I mean, he mm-hmm. got beat I, up pretty good. Honestly, but... I
5: want an update on the other guy. He had his face crushed against a concrete wall and then the guy just kept beating his face into the ground while he was unconscious yeah I don't care about the holder he's talking <laughs> yeah. and conscious I want the other guy's update
1: well th- th- that is the the football player was the other guy was the one who received the beating
5: they both oh in that video they both took it yeah they both they both uh, were smashed in
2: oh you think they think that's worth it
1: No, nobody thinks that that's worth it.
2: And
5: I'd also like to hear from the guy that was actively urinating who just had them tumble into his urinal. Not good. That guy had the worst day.
2: I mean, what? what? Why? How is that worth it? What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Mopping up the bathroom floor with your clothes, essentially, and bumping into somebody else while they're taking care of their business.
1: For what? For Gordon, what? Gordon, let me, I, I've got a story for you here, Gordo. Let All me right. ask you a, a hypothetical here. Put your, yourself in the shoes of an NFL executive. Okay. You're not owning the team, but you're running the show. All right. Now, let's say you're extraordinarily unpopular. <laughs> okay. Because you've made some, you know, fairly buffoonish moves, and you've you've really angered uh, the best players to ever play for the franchise that you're running, and a uh, a local restaurant has barred you from eating there because of how <laughs> because bad, of my bad because of how bad you are. Uh, uh-huh. Would you have the self awareness to um, maybe have some some reflection on who you are and what you do, or would you just dig in your heels further?
2: Uh, well, I I, <laughs> I learned a long time ago that you've got to follow the inner compass that guides you. But uh, that doesn't mean you're always right. And you need to listen when people tell you that you're wrong.
1: Don't you know um, who I am?
2: So uh, I don't. <laughs> See, I think so, I agree
1: with Austin here. I think you would say, no, I'm making all the right moves and deal, no. dig your heels in. Don't even you further. know who I am? Yeah. And say, How dare you bar me from your restaurant?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, who do you think that he thinks is smarter, himself or a restaurant owner?
1: Exactly. I think that's exactly what you'd do. Say, Who are you, restaurant <laughs> I owner?
2: I didn't say I'm me, I said Gordon
1: that. W. Monson.
2: And then when the person d- couldn't find my credential, I said, Don't you know who I am? Wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, Anywho, the reason I bring this up is because uh, this has happened to one Jack Easterby, who's president of football operations for the Houston Texans. Poor guy. And is by the the
2: way, by the way, by the way, can I just interject here and say that I was not—that was not me talking about myself. It was me talking about someone else's situation. See, every time
5: you interject that, though, Gordon, people think you're trying to cover up that that's how it really happened. When I play those, I think people go, oh, that's funny. You probably, that's out of context. But then you say it's out of context and everyone thinks, no, was that was really? context. Yeah,
1: exactly. He <laughs> so, protesteth too now much. Now doth protest yeah. too
2: much. So, so essentially, don't, de- don't ever defend myself.
1: Well, it is your voice. Well, saying
2: those words in that order. Saying
1: those words in that order.
2: <laughs> okay, all right. Let's get off it. <laughs> okay. Keep going.
1: Uh, but Jack, that's happened to Jack Easterby uh, in Houston. Mm. Now, he's More or less pushed out J.J. Watt, although they were going to cut him anyway. So I don't know if if that's really all that relevant. But to take a franchise quarterback who, in my opinion, is the second-best quarterback in the NFL, certainly second-best young quarterback in the NFL, after signing a contract, a long-term deal less than a year ago, that you've soured him on the franchise already with your uh, personality and awful moves. I mean, at what point do you think this guy has the the self awareness to say, you know what, I'm stepping down?
2: <laughs> well, that's quite a concession, <laughs> but but uh, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah,
1: I mean to to trade one of the, if not the best receivers uh, in the league mm. in the middle of his prime to the Cardinals in exchange for a rundown, broken old running back. And I can't remember, I'm sure they got a draft pick or two there, but it couldn't have been that good, right? And then just to basically not build an offensive line to protect your franchise quarterback, <laughs> except for trading for a pretty good left tackle, but you traded the whole future of the franchise.
5: <laughs> Jake, they got two draft picks in that trade. Oh, I'm sorry. who A 2022nd 20, 20 and a 21-fourth. Oh, a second and a fourth. And running back David Johnson. For the, for
1: the best receiver in the league in a, in a receiver-driven league. And they had to send a pick to the Cardinals, too. Why? Because why would you want your, your dynamite stud quarterback to have a, a target?
2: You know, I might, go to the, uh, I might go to the restaurant and say, you know, you're right about me.
1: I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to go take my chaplain job back. Because that's where he came from. He was the chaplain for the Dern Patriots. And now somehow he's talked his way into being the president of football operations for the Texans.
2: Well, he was tight with the man upstairs. Is that? Or,
1: I, or he's just a fraud. The man
5: upstairs named Bob McNair, maybe. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and, and by the way, to handle the Bill O'Brien situation like the worst way possible, Like, eventually moving off him, but not until you gave him control of the franchise to ruin the franchise, and then you move off.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Some people uh, aren't uh, very good at their jobs. By the way, it's not Bob McNair. It's Cal McNair.
1: Bob was the dad, right? Yeah. At least I didn't say Steve. You did not say Steve.
2: Yeah.
1: But that's a pretty understandable mistake, there, Gordon. No, wasn't Bob the owner at yes, one point? He pa- yes, yeah, he's yeah, passed. Yeah, now yeah, it's yeah. the kid. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and this guy, so this this Easterby dude is Rasputin. Like we can all agree on that, <laughs> I think right? So. That that somehow he's doing something to convince the owner of this club that he is the savior, but yet he's just slowly poisoning everyone.
2: Well, I know that's, I mean, that's the way the, the fans case. in Houston feel. Mm-hmm.
1: He is Rasputin. And the fans, the the whole city of Houston is turning on him, but yet uh, this guy's like, no, Mr. McNair, I'm doing a great job. I'm doing a wonderful job, yes.
2: Pay pay, pay no attention to the mistakes behind the curtain. And
1: and, and you know what? I don't get it. I mean, I, I honestly... Um, and there was a good write up in the in the Salt Lake Tribune on Deloitte uh, Deloy Hansen and his impact on the soccer community here. I honest, you know, not that I know Deloitte personally, but you know, he had somebody get into his ear that I don't think was best for the franchise. Andy Carroll. And and Andy Carroll turned out to be a part of what took Deloitte Hansen down. I mean somehow they picked the wrong people to put the faith of uh, their faith in. And they're not qualified or whatever to do a good job, and yet they don't move on them, move off of them.
2: You know what was so Wait, interesting? What is this?
1: This is Rasputin's
5: song from Anastasia. Oh. You know,
2: I've never seen that or Oh, one. Anastasia, thumbs up or thumbs down, Austin.
1: Great
5: movie. Not yeah. anywhere near accurate, but yeah.
1: I have no idea how they made a kid's story out of that. It's a great movie. Because you fun. know that's really a gruesome story,
5: right? How do, you, how do you make a, like... You have Christopher Lloyd and Hank Azaria voice the bad guys, and it's funny and... Yeah, but, but they end up everybody dies except Anastasia
2: and oh, Grandmama. They they aren't exactly sure what happened to Anastasia, are they?
1: Yes, they are. They, <laughs> they they buried her with the rest of her family.
5: <laughs> Not okay. according to Twentieth Century Fox. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> she got away.
5: Sorry, go as you are. No, and no, I just happy no. have I've, I've
2: right?
1: always wondered how they made uh, any like. There was nothing positive about any part of that story. And I don't understand how that I bet you Sadie would that.
2: like it. Friday night movie night. It's Go on Disney Plus right Anastasia? now. Anastasia? Yeah. Okay. Go watch is it. it. Is it a little too mature for her? Is it? Uh, mm-hmm.
5: No, our
1: two-year-old loves it. So when they gun down the rest of her family, <laughs> everybody's okay?
5: I told you, it's far <laughs> from accurate. <laughs> I'm not talking enemy at the gates here. I don't.
2: <laughs> they do! Well, That's so, what happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Spoiler alert! Crack a <laughs> crack a textbook, but that's what happens.
2: Save our science! And that, and boy, that Rasputin—I mean, they they do make him out to be a really creepy dude, man. He was, mm-hmm. but not in the
5: movie. He's, he's just a cartoon
2: which is jake's it's, point all no, along I, i'm glad that they how do made they it. how do they make a kids movie out of such a tragic
1: story out of that like the 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 revolution of a country Have you ever that-
5: seen an uh five goes west or an american tale uh-huh. it has some history in there too but i uh, newsflash the mouses weren't the ones doing such histories.
1: Hmm. yeah but the okay all right I- i'll believe i'll, I'll watch it for some myself. russian
5: immigration history of yeah. that movie but it's not accurate the mice were not is, the actual ones immigrating. But,
2: but it is interesting to me that an owner can find himself in a situation where he is being duped into believing something that is really, really a lousy idea or a series of lousy ideas. Mm. I mean, Dave Checkett's told Deloy Hansen, you got to keep Jason Christ. Uh, you know, you got to keep uh, Garth Lagerway, And what does he do? He does the exact opposite. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, uh, sometimes owners, for whatever reason, they are deceived or they're blinded or they they don't, uh, they, they trust the wrong people and they make bad decisions. And it just gets stupid after a while.
1: You know, one, one part where I'll give this jazz franchise credit under, uh, certainly under the Miller ownership and, you know, so far under the, Young Smith ownership is, you know, Jim Olson is the the president of the Jazz, and he does a really great job. But what he does a really great job at doing of empowering basketball people to do basketball things, and not that Jim's not involved in that end, but yeah, I, I think you know what I'm getting at. And then uh, empowering the business side to do the business side things, and he he manages those two kind of separately but doesn't try to be the biggest voice in the room. Does that make any sense? Yeah,
2: it makes perfect sense. And I remember talking with Ryan Smith about uh, witnessing what went on during the draft. And he was there in the war room and he was watching. And his takeaway when he did walk away from that, he said, wow, these guys really do their homework. These guys. And whether you agree with the individual picks, you agree whatever with decisions uh, okay, sometimes mistakes are made, but but so that shows how difficult it is. Even really smart people make bad decisions. so dumb people make a whole lot of dumb decisions. Yeah. And uh, that that's you, – you've got to get good people in the right positions to be successful in sports ownership. And maybe that's the same in other kinds of businesses, but it's especially true in something as competitive as sport, major league sports.
1: Not Sports Report coming up next. Coach Jay at five. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280
0: The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Oh,
2: Lord, we
6: way
0: down below. Oh, Lord, away,
1: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and twelve-eight of the zone. It's time to get a winner. Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be call 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850, and you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers right here on 97.5 and 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. It is time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online at lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today?
2: We're going to Baltimore, but before we get there, Jake, have you seen the movie Back to School? I have. With Rodney Dangerfield.
1: It wasn't a particularly good movie, although it has one of one of my favorite scenes in comic cinema in it.
2: Which one was that?
1: Where uh, he supposedly well, he kind of cheated, but turned in a book report on a Kurt Vonnegut novel and got an F. <laughs> And then the next scene shows him yelling at Kurt Vonnegut on the phone because he had Kurt Vonnegut write the report.
2: And Vonnegut actually showed up in the movie.
1: Right. Vonnegut was there, and he he says, go to hell, Vonnegut.
2: (laughs) Next time I'll get, who'd he say?
1: I can't remember. It's so funny that he had Kurt Vonnegut write a report on his own book, and it got an F. So anyway.
2: (laughs) It got an F. Beautiful. Well, the reason I bring that up is because – and, and in that movie, if you haven't seen it, Rodney Dangerfield's is like super wealthy businessman, and his kid is going to school, college, and he then he, the kid thinks he's going to drop out, and so uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield's character says, oh, "Look, I'll, I'll you need to stay in school, and I'll go to school with you." So he comes back to college and throws his money around liberally, right?
1: And then falls in love with uh, Hot Lips Houlihan. And, and...
2: <laughs> true. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, This is a feel-good story, Jake. Uh, It's about a man who in 1963 dropped out of Morgan State College because he couldn't afford to continue to go to school. So he had to drop out. Well, he became a truck driver, and he happened to be one of the first 10 UPS drivers in Baltimore in 1964. Well, his name is Calvin Tyler Jr., and he worked his way up uh, through uh, UPS and became a like, super high-ranking executive with the company and made a bunch of money. Well, he and his wife Tina had had previously pledged up to fifteen million dollars to Morgan State University to help other students who were struggling to pay for their education, and. Uh, But uh, now they have, uh, they they, oh, I'm sorry, they've given $20 million now for that cause. And it essentially is helping, has helped or will help, over 400 students to stay in school. Jake, I, I just find that remarkable, that there are people in the world willing to give back like that. And he said, he said, we never forget where we come from. I know Baltimore, and I know there are promising, brilliant, intelligent young men and women. My wife and I have the resources to help. And so they are utilizing that. And I I, I don't know. It just makes me feel good to know that there are people out there who care about kids and giving them opportunity to do some things. And uh, maybe this will help some folks stay out of uh, deep debt. Uh, as they try to get their advanced degrees or their degrees, their secondary degrees, uh, and have a great education. So I don't know. I, I thought that was a really cool story, so I thought I'd pass that along.
1: Uh, it is nice. But did this guy go back to, to school to be on the diving team or anything? Because <laughs> what does this have to do with back to school?
2: And, and, well, I mean, it was,
1: it, it's, <laughs> He
2: did. he did go back to Morgan State and get an honorary degree.
1: That's not going back to Morgan State. That's speaking at <laughs> commencement, and saying thank you, and thank saying you. Uh, you go out there into the world and uh, but, throw your cap in the air. That's all that pre- is.
2: Uh, the president of the school was just uh, just throwing so much praise at this gentleman. Uh, it reminded me of the school uh, president uh, in uh, Back to School, who was lavishly praising Rodney Dangerfield's character, uh, even. Even though he was cheating his way through school and but, having everything paid for, Thornton, by, by Thornton paid, Mellon paid, didn't, for,
1: didn't pay for anybody to go to school. He went back himself, and and he made his money at not at UPS, but at a, a big and tall store. <laughs>
2: Hey, that's important yeah. work like
1: that too. has nothing to do with this story. Well, it's a it's nice too, story, but it's
2: too—it's it's two, it's two really rich guys who went back and did, to threw their money around at a school. This guy didn't go back to school; he just uh,
1: created like a scholarship program. No, he did money. something.
2: He did something better. He
1: helped four hundred right. students. But it has nothing to do with with the plot of Back to School. They're not well, even I mean, similar. I just watched Back to School last night, and, and there it reminded it is. me of that. And there it is.
2: You had to wedge
1: in the fact that you watched a movie last night into some story. Square peg, round hole, Gordon.
5: (sighs) Reminds me of the movie The Program, really. You know, it reminds me.
2: I think it's a good, heartwarming story. That's all. It
1: reminds me of the Wash Your Hands episode of Sesame Street. (laughs) Why is that, Jake? Because that's what I was watching yesterday. Oh, gotcha.
2: Now, that truly has nothing to do with this. You know what I watched yesterday, <laughs>
5: what the latest in practical jokers, and the punishment was one of them has to ride around for eleven and a half hours in a car alone with animatronic Muppets singing the same song over and over and wow. over again. And I thought that's how I would punish
0: Jake Scott, oh, yeah, and
5: yeah, then I mean, to come find come to find out you were already doing it,
1: yeah. Watching That's,
5: the Wash Your Hands episode. Oh,
1: I watch I watch a lot of Sesame Street. I like Sesame Street though. It's better than some of the others out there. <laughs> like none of it is is really gripping me. But I like Sesame Street better than like I don't know. Careful now. Yeah, I should be careful
2: here. Don't right? be
5: slandering any of the, any shows out there.
2: Now, uh, uh, Jake, just to uh, just to recap here, you don't see any parallels between Back to School. And this gentleman wh- wh- with a, a wealthy businessman who goes to school and throws his money around. And this case where he doesn't necessarily go back to school, but he donates 20 million dollars. Yeah, students. there's no
1: similarities whatsoever. None. Well, there's a college involved. There is a college involved. That's true. But that's where the parallels. end. Reminded me of Van Wilder. Because I don't even think in back to school that Thornton Mellon even dropped out. I think he just didn't go.
5: <laughs> Which is a misleading title, then, because he's back yeah, to school. Yeah. He's never been. If, did you some had,
2: if, if you had a bunch of money, would you go back to school and throw some money around for the benefit of students? And nope. would, would you? No.
1: Next question. No, yeah. Why <laughs> not? Not, not. A, not a chance.
6: If
2: you had a bunch of money, what difference does it make?
1: Other people could probably use it. If I'm willing to part with it, I think the university system is bloated enough as it is. I don't think it needs my help.
2: <laughs> you guys.
1: That's exactly what
2: I yeah, was thinking. One hundred percent. Well yeah, this for the I'd give it all students. to a,
5: a person on the corner hoping they do well with it before I give it to a university.
2: What was the guy's name? Thornton what? Mellon. Mellon? He's tossing money around for the benefit of the students. No,
1: for the benefit of himself. Did to you get not? an honorary oh, degree?
2: Yeah. No, but he no, was also needed. he was also handing out money to all the kids around. That's why he was so popular.
1: No, he <laughs> you totally misunderstood them. No. You, you I understood really the movie. I it understood the movie completely to do with this story. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> There's no comparison whatsoever.
2: I I I get it that they're different, but they're similar. Never mind.
1: They're not similar at all.
2: <laughs> Never
1: mind. Uh, let's get out to the None zone phone. Speaking of uh, a little extra money, let's talk to our uh, good friend Matt Harrison from Loan Depot. Helping out our listeners today with that uh, money and planning for the future. What's up, Matt?
4: What's up, guys? So, Gordon, before before too many years pass away, you need to really publish three books. You need to publish the Not Sports Report, Mm -hmm. Gordon's List, and Memoirs of Monson. I think that those three would sell very, very well. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean, Austin?
2: (laughs) What does that mean?
5: I don't think it's convoluted. I just don't think it sell well.
2: No, I think we. Are you are you saying, that Matt, that nobody's talking about
5: on this particular subject? Yes. Now, when it comes to reverse mortgages, no one knows more.
4: <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, Speaking of which, guys, as you know, I am uh, I'm giving away free votes today on uh, on the reverse program, and um, but I wanted to open up this segment for um, the three of you. And what questions that you've got about the program that we haven't hit yet?
1: Uh, let's uh, let's go. Hmm. Let's go with uh, with this one, uh, Matt. That the I'm trying to think of a really good one that our listeners might have. Does well you hit on this a little bit earlier, but does the bank end up owning my house?
4: It does not. So that's one of the that is the, the biggest misconception with reverse mortgages. If I get into this. The bank is going to own my house. Now, so I'll give you a little bit of background on this. Uh, prior to October of 2017, the reverse program was different. They used to lend more money than they do now, and because of that, over time the equity position would would kind of dissipate. It kind of disappear, especially if you took this out, amortized 12 to 17 years, and it would you know there wasn't a whole lot of equity left. But even with that, the homeowner still own the house, still had title to the house. But what happened is HUD decided to change things around to where they lend a little bit less. And now when you do this amortization schedule out, it is very, very, uh, you know, apparent that you're going to be able to, in most cases, continue to see some good equity position in the home. And the great thing about it, again, this program is if you're 62 or over, have at least a 50% equity position in your home, you can use this program to immediately stop making principal and interest payments. So this cash flow is going to start to flow in. Now you can decide to make payments if you'd like, but it's optional. And so a lot of people will say, you know what, Hey, I want to treat this, this uh, you know, reverse mortgage like a forward mortgage. And you can do that. The difference is every payment that you make goes to reducing down principal and interest. But it also will go into building a line of credit with some of the programs that are offered through Reverse. And you can take that money back, which is really nice.
1: That's so cool. And I, I love it that you're doling out the info and making it really easy, giving out a book and your own personal cell phone number.
4: Yep, guys, I'm all about educating on this thing. So if you have questions about your, for yourself, for your family members, please reach out to me. Um, My cell phone, 801-330-2200. Again, 801-330-2200. If you want a free book, just send me your address. Let me know. I'll get it sent out to you. Also, you can visit my website, reverseourhome.com. Again, reverseourhome.com. It's that easy.
1: 801-330-2200. Or go to reverseourhome.com. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Coach Chiesa next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Here's the deal.
2: They are a whiny
0: group. Every year, it's something with Boise.
2: I don't like the fact that Utah State didn't back you up, come out, just play lights out, blow out Boise State a couple of times. Like
3: this one's for (laughs) Scott. Yeah.
2: Like put SG on the jersey somewhere. You come out of the tunnel, blow in the conch shell, running in front of everybody, and run over to the booth while everybody spreads out on the court. Like, that's my vision. And then they just blow Boise State out, and then all of you leave together like, that's what you get for being whiny. Instead, they lost both games. Now you
6: got Greg Rubell who's making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got the Boise State SID that's like, what happened to him?
0: It's what you get from saying we're winners. So Boise takes a bit of
3: a lead in the race for the conference crown with that win last night, right?
0: Hanson and Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.